kind of have to be crazy to be a founder, right? And if you're crazy, you don't want to listen. So it, it's kind of an oxymoron to some degree, but I think that's, that, that's a very good way of doing it. But if you're that sane, you might not want to be a founder. So I'm excited today to speak with David Shapiro. He is co-founder at Plank and an advisor and an investor with a pretty wide variety of insure techs beyond that. So welcome, David. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. When I said many insure techs, I mean, it really is many. So maybe you could just provide a little bit of background on some of the things you've done and kind of where your attention is focused these days. Just to put it in context, I've been in the business of, uh, I'll call it technology advanced software for 40 years now. I'm the, the ripe old age of 65. I have children and already grandchildren. And so of my 40-year career, it, my, my graduate undergraduate studies are all in math and computer science, but I quite quickly moved over to the dark side of uh, business development, sales, marketing, and even later on becoming a CEO. But it was always in companies that did very advanced software. My longest 10-year prior to joining or entering the world of insurance was at Click Software, where I was one of the original people. I was there for on and off for close to uh, 18 years. We, we IPO'd the company in March 2000, which was a long time ago and when they were just before the dot bomb. And uh, I was very senior there as a, a, an executive vice president for markets and products. But after leaving there in 2006, I stumbled into the wonderful world of insurance. I joined a company called Ernix as CEO, which does pricing optimization, advanced pricing for property and casualty insurance until today. It's quite successful. I joined Ernix as a small company, about 10 people doing about, I don't know, maybe a million a year. And I left a little over 10 years later in 2017 when the company was already much more established, close to 100 people doing close to 20 million a year. And we were selling to the C-suite. We were selling a business solution, not a technology solution, well, based on technology, but our customers were the CEOs of the insurance companies, the head of business lines, uh, chief actuaries, and, and most of them of large insurance companies in what I'll call the Western economy, Europe, UK, and in North America. And uh, these individuals became my business friends. They also always wanted to see the whites of the eyes of the CEO they're buying their, their, their software from. After maybe about three or four years of thinking that I knew insurance, I understand that I had a lot to learn. Uh, and I still am a student of the world of insurance, but I actually fell in love with it. I probably because I have a mathematical and risk adverse background. And Silicon Valley cowboy entrepreneur is smaller than me than my uh, uh, risk-averse background. And so I really enjoy working with insurance. I enjoy providing advanced technology. And after uh, being at Ernix for a little over 10 years, I, I left in early 2017, which is already over six years ago. I now split my time between business and pleasure, but on the business side, everything is insurance. Are we, but I don't like the word insured tech, but I'll say insured tech because it's either insurance companies that can be quite substantial, like many pits, where I was uh, a non-executive director until last month for over five years, and I now chair their audit and risk committee and chair their uh, insurance subsidiary in the U.S., but it's, and it's selling already quite a lot of premium, but it is based on advanced technology. On the other hand, I co-founded a company called Plank, uh, 
in the summer of 2017, which provides very advanced AI-based data analytics, data flows, and, and want data insights to large insurance carriers. And so it's either a technology for insurance companies or insurance companies based on technology. In addition, I advise to a number of companies in between. I'm a director at Ahoy Insurance, which is an NGA for recreational marine. I advise to technology companies like Sayata, Herald, and Quanti. Obviously, every scenario is unique, but are there any kind of general approaches you take to advising the leaders of the organizations you're you're working with or any themes around the advice you're giving today? I am personally involved in as a you new know, director, co-founder, whatever. So, um, and, and, and I think, but the bottom line is really every situation is different. You, you nailed it. If you have a runway, let's say a two-year runway, you're in one situation. If you have a, a six-month runway, you're in an entirely different situation, regardless of how good your business is. I think that is the unfortunate thing, which I started out by saying is basically nobody is investing right now because both everybody's afraid. Not, the investors are sitting over, sitting on a lot of money that they have to deploy sooner or later. And there are some companies that are starving for money. Now, this, a company starving for money can have a very good business, but they're just not cash positive yet. So they have to raise money, but they can raise it from that it's extremely difficult, even in a, in a down round case. So, so the thing is that they're in a that they could be in dire straits for the wrong reason. Okay, let's go to the other extreme. There can be a company that has a two a, you know a two year runway because they raised a lot of very high valuation or not doesn't matter. They raised a lot of money, and uh, their business is not good, but they're not in dire straits, so they're not doing anything about it, right? So, so it is so, so different. I, my book always, where I come from is it's business first, raising money second. I mean, first build the business, which was incorrect over to between, let's say 2018 and 2022. The wrong thing to do was to focus on the business because then you could raise less money. So you're focusing on investors. So you have CEOs that over the last two or three years, we're used to focusing on the investors, and now they have to focus on their business. So it's a very difficult situation to be in, but it's my comfort zone if you want. So a lot of what I do and talk with is let's focus on the business, which can mean sometimes, for instance, that let's take that company that only has a six-month runway but has a good business. It's to increase that runway any way possible. If it is cutting costs even more, raising money at, at, at a down round, or whatever. But it's also true for the one that has a two-year runway. That's where I think it's more important. That's when you have time to make the decision. If your business now is good, but your costs are, are you know, way too high, very simple. Cut the cost by 20, 30, 40, 50%. That's my basic way of looking at it. But it's something that has to be done together with the investors, the shareholders, so that because the shareholders are also in a challenged position. They invested in companies at high valuation. So, you know, are they willing now to, you know, to change, to recapitalize some of these places? Uh, I don't like structured, you know, structured investments that's bad where, you know, all sorts of uh, multiples on, you know, preferences on multiple, 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 multiple that's, that's not good. So they want to stay away from that. So it's, it, it's not, a, it's, it's not a, a one answer for all situations. 
What about insurance businesses leveraging tech versus tech businesses trying to enable insurance? Do you think more more lean in, in, in one direction than another going forward? Look, let's look at the incumbent insurers. And let's also remember that the top 20 global PNC insurers probably are generating a vast majority of the annual premium. Okay, probably 60, 70, or 80%. So we're or maybe you know the top 50 are doing 90% of the premiums. Right. So we're not talking about thousands of companies here. We're talking about, you know, a few dozen. And also, I always measure insurance by the amount of premium running through the system or the business and not anything else. So we're talking about, you know, a few dozen insurance companies. Uh, and I think, and this is, this is, and I also meet and speak quite a few of people from them. And I think this is a, a really interesting situation because first of all, you know, they're, they, as in insure, that they're, they're the majority of them are public. They're measured quarterly. And we're talking, if you want to change your technology, we're talking about a, a, a you know, multi-year effort that is going to cost a lot in the beginning. And it's going to, you're not going to be seeing good results in the first few quarters. And so there's not a lot. And on the other hand, you're cat you're very cash robust your your loss ratio your your combined ratio is maybe north of 100 but you're still making a lot of money on your on your on the income on your 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 yeah. income uh, uh revenue if you want and so the incentive to it's very difficult even if they're the high even if you're the ceo of one of these large you know insurers selling out in the 30 40 50 60 billion a year in dollars euros or pounds whatever you want to say it and even if you're only trading it one times your or one and a half times your premium, but you're generating cash, you're providing dividends. And, you know, it's, if you're going to do something massive, it's going to take, it will require a long-term effort. So first of all, everything else being equal, it's a difficult thing to demand from any large public corporation, especially an insurance company that has you know, everything else being equal, 80, 80, north of 80% is recur, is renewing, right? That's the retention or the 80% of it. You're making money off of your monies, even more now with inflation going up. If as long as you're, as long as you're not greedy, your probably combined ratio is less than 100. So and that's number one. Number two, I think that the, ins the, the insurance insured techs that got these huge valuations and went public based on technology were frightening to some degrees, to degree the incumbent insurers. And now that these valuations have all gone to where they should be more or less, you know, much lower and it, the, some, the incumbents are taking, a, you know, they, they think they have a breather kind of that, okay, you know, this technology thing is not really needed, but the, the more, I'm not going to say the smarter, but the more savvy ones are saying, okay, we now have a few more years to get it right before the next year. And that's where I think I'll say the, the, the I, I would like to say the majority of the incumbents are that they want, they, they see they now have the, a few years to get this done and not that, you know, the public insured tech insurance companies are going to eat their lunch. That's not going to happen, but the next wave might. So the question is what you do now, but let's say, you know, you're the CEO of an insurance, you're the CEO of a 40, you know, you're selling 40 billion in, in in premium a year, you're trading at, I don't know, 50 billion, you know, you have absolutely no problem to hit your numbers over the next 10 quarters. Okay. And you're going to, how long are you going to stay in the company? So now, okay, now here's the big question. What are you going to do? Because, you know, in my book, 
companies that started innovation departments are is not the way to, to incorporate innovation. Innovation it has to become part of the culture. For instance, you could acquire one of these, let's say, insured tech technology companies, but not just in, acquire it and keep it on the side. Acquire it and bring its DNA to your in, into your company, which is extremely difficult. But I think, and we haven't seen any of that really yet. You can you can try to do uh, um, bottom up kind of things, which some companies have been and are trying to do, but. It's difficult. So I think that I think the, the the situation is the more savvy, and I want to say the more responsible, or hopefully the majority of incumbents want to do something, but it's not that easy in the boardroom and with the shareholders. Well, you're going to tell your shareholders, okay, guys, no dividends now for the next two years because we're taking the dividends and investing it for you know for three four years down the line, we're going to be the number one insurer. I don't know. Uh, David Shapiro, co-founder at Plank and uh, advisor and uh, director with a variety of insure techs. Thanks so much for joining. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.